I was actually going to do something sort of witty for the pre-bit here <laughs> about mm. you claiming expenses um, that are rather dubious on our account. Mm. Um, but actually, it's been such a hassle just to get to this point of recording. <laughs> I've sort of, I've lost the will to live, really. <laughs> Well, one, those things are perfectly legitimate expenses for our beloved interviewees. You've only got your word for it. You, you email me, you go, oh, I've bought some wine for our interviewees. And I go, well, what, have you got receipts? Honestly, it's like an expenses scandal all over again. It has been painful, hasn't it? Yeah. And then two, just getting to this point and getting headphones working. It's what been a, a long, long day. Oh, well. We're here now. Let's get on with it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 262 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page, and there, as he has been in several times uh, for quite a long while already, is Joe Davis. Losing the will to live by the moment. But here we are. Very professional intro, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Because actually, okay, I need to get that up front because we've had a sort of rebuke, haven't we? Uh, You know, we, we need to kind of deal, I think, with this email right now. Uh, okay. Right up front, you know, because yeah, it's about the start of the show, isn't it? It is about the start of the show. So I had this in from Ken. There's no, you know, dear Joe and Nick or anything. It just said, I identified with much of this. Pity the interviewer felt he was running out of time when the first 10 minutes of the podcast was a complete waste of time. The end. <laughs> no love, no kisses. <laughs> No, no anything from Ken. Just, just, yeah, it was a complete waste of time. I feel a bit insecure. It's almost as if Ken is suggesting that our opening drivel that Mm. we do week by week isn't Mm. in fact worth listening to and isn't as good as the actual interviewee's content. I don't know how you took that. I got the feeling very strongly that this was perhaps the first time Ken had ever listened well, I think he might have been. The fact that he called me the interviewer. I, I, not... It's not just that. I think if you've listened to the show before and you're still angry about the first 10 minutes of Dribble, <laughs> yeah. when there's been 260 iterations of that, I think maybe I know. time to deal I with know. it. But anyway, no, thank you for that. It's not. A sh- we admit it's not a show for everybody and um, yes. there are plenty more podcasts out there. Um, I don't suppose Ken is listening, but if you are, Ken, we wish you well. Bless you. This may not be the best podcast in the world for you because the no. drivel will continue. I think it's fair yes. to say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And as a as a little bit of a ying to Ken's yang, uh, this <laughs> <laughs> this from Bill. He said, "Just a quick response to perhaps the most important part of this week's podcast. Approaching our wedding day thirty three years ago now, my granddad offered us these wise words." I hope you're not going to ask for an electric blanket. If a young couple can't keep themselves warm, it's a pretty poor show. (laughs) He said, that's a good point. It's a good point. How do you uh, respond, Mr. Page? Well, I think the key uh, word there is young. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) You know. 
don't really think that uh, applies to us anymore. But anyway, back to the Yang. Uh, mm. He said, in the past couple of weeks, you've wondered about the inverted commas silliness of the podcast in the light of the seriousness of the mid-faith crisis for many. All I can say is that for me personally, and of course I can only talk for me, the silliness and the jokes and the light-heartedness and the innuendo has been perhaps the most important part of the podcast for me. <laughs> Not to in any way undervalue the more serious content, but being able to laugh within and even at the struggles of the mid-faith crisis truly lightened the burden and gave me a great deal of hope. So he said, so please don't underestimate or undervalue the jokiness. It is perhaps the most importantly distinctive thing you bring. And I mean Aww. that as a compliment. Thank you, Phil. We Thanks, needed Phil. that this yes. week. We're feeling all insecure. Well, no, it's just funny, isn't it? You get the two opposing views. I think it's quite interesting. But uh, <laughs> In the yeah, same I, was, way. I mean, it's not going to change, is it? Because actually... <laughs> I can't see. We we haven't changed in years, so it's not We're setting our ways. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Um, let's get well. Let's get on with the silliness, shall we? How are you? Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, before we get going, can I just say a quick hi to Rich in Bournemouth, uh, who is a friend from years back who got in contact with us because he's just discovered the podcast. So that was really nice. Uh, yes, I'm well. I am relatively ache free. Here, I went mm -hmm. for the last hammering of my ankle. Oh, right. Okay. And this is a really weird thing that happened mm -hmm. this week. It, you know, it has been excruciating agony. It's an absolute 10 out of 10 for me. Well, this week it was like a two. And he was on the same place and he was smacking it to pieces. I oh, think he's probably go. killed all the nerves. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> but anyway, I don't care because that was a, a lovely surprise. But it's um, working, obviously, then, is it? Do you think? I don't know. Too early to say. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll report back. Uh, yeah, okay. this has been... It's been a week. You know You know when you say, how are you to someone? And mm. more often than not, you say, yeah, great, fine. You know, because, because you can't give the detail. The truth mm -hmm. is, there's so much good going on. And, you know, when I notice all that and dwell on it, I feel great. There's so much rubbish going on. And when I notice that and dwell on it, I feel pretty miserable. And this week has been just a perfect example of that. My brother in Mexico is desperately ill, and I mean very seriously ill now. And uh, But, you know, I celebrated my daughter's birthday. We went to an incredible firework display in Bristol. And and then we went to Westenburg Arboretum with the maples. They're just crazy colours. And just reds and yellows. And it just, it's extraordinary. And then I've been surprised by grief again. Uh, a friend, a couple of friends have lost parents recently and it stirred up all my own feelings about my mum's death last year again. And, you know, so the answer is, you know, I'm, I'm a mix as always, but I'm mm. trying to be and I genuinely am grateful for all the great stuff in my life. And in this week, I'm going to put family fairly strongly near the top. So, yeah, that's good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's all right. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, well, it's yes. I mean, I, I'm I'm all, I'm a mix as you are. I'm yeah. up and down and different things. I think that's very true. Um, went to another talk at the oh, right. Wantage Literary Festival. Not Alfred the Great. No, this Alfred was you, the you might, rubbish. No, Alfred the not so great. Alfred the fairly <laughs> average. You know, he was really annoyed, but his brother was so great. Um, this was a guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he's written a book called The Observant Walker. Ooh. And uh, so it's about, as the word 
as the title says, it's about sort of us becoming more observant as we walk along. Brilliant. And he's a sort of naturalist, uh, fascinated by fungi and lichen mm. and all that kind of stuff. But Love I think it. what's interesting about it is there's the observant walker and then there's this bloke. Because he, he it's the book is written about sort of eight walks that he's taken. And one of them was a five-mile walk. Um, and it took him two days. <laughs> Brilliant. And so that that is like... That's that's sort of a taking observing to a new level. I feel that's really great. I love because, it. Um, yeah, it's an interesting. It was very interesting. I loved. I loved listening to him. He was a classic sort of British, slightly eccentric, but so enthusiastic. And and when you hear people who are yeah. both enthusiastic and uh, expert in their area, yeah. it's there's it's there's nothing oh, like yeah. it. You, no, it's you, terrific. You really enjoy it. Well, look, that's great because I'm always criticised for holding up serious walkers because, I mean, I can't Don't do you? a fast walk. No, because I'm looking at all the birds and all the lichen oh, and all that Oh, you'd love this guy. Yeah, you'd love would. this. I would. Yeah. It sounds brilliant. I was kind of also interested in some of the other things he said because he would drop these things into his conversation. Like, it, 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 apropos of nothing, he was talking about his grandmother and she, he said she was a fascinating woman, but she didn't believe in Elvis. And... and, and <laughs> He said, not that she didn't believe Elvis was dead or that she just didn't believe in Elvis as a thing, as, as that he was real. And you kind of wanted to know more, but he never explained it. Oh, no, you can't drop that bombshell and not explain it. Anyway, so that that was lovely. It was really nice talk. I'll put a link in the yeah. uh, show notes and on the website to, to the book. Um, the Beatles, final song. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And the thing is, I felt really sad because that's it, really. That's I mean, I know it's been it for yeah. a while, but that is it, it and 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 I. There's such a part of my life, such a part of my really? growing up. My first yeah. single, my first forty-five uh, single that I ever bought with my own money yeah. was uh, Lady Madonna. Oh, you know, wow, and that was, that's cool. And I've still got it, you know, and and I've mm. revolve around what I used to play when I was, and I was only about seven, you know, but I used to love it. And I felt the video is beautiful and, I, you know, there's a sort of bow at the end and they fade and, I, you know, I felt quite, that's it, really. That's, that's mm. that bit's that's gone. A, yeah. 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 My my first single was uh, Tiger Feet by Mud. Yes. <laughs> That shows the age difference. <laughs> yeah, and, and really very similar in terms of a great band. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mud. They, li they live on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. I, I have been... I, look, here's another thing about getting old and talking about uh, 10 minutes of drivel at the beginning. Uh, have you? There's a programme on Channel 4 called... I think it's called Little Trains and Big Names or something like that. Oh. And it's about... It's done by Pete Waterman out of uh, Stock Aitken oh, and Waterman. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. You remember that? And, yeah. And uh, because and, um, Christians, obviously, we had our version of them, didn't we? We did. Stock Aitken Waterman. <laughs> we had uh, Graham, Ken and Dick. We did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the old joke. Anyway, uh, and he does this thing where he looks at, uh, he goes to people like Eddie Izzard and Jules Holland and they've got railway sets. They've got model trains. Oh, sets. really? And I was just watching it and I felt this urge to oh, get yeah. a train set. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, what's happening to me, Joe? You shouldn't be watching these programmes. That's what's happening. <laughs> I, I just thought, oh, that's a lovely thing to have. Oh, I could be happy just, 
you know, shunting my carriages up and down, as it were. The thing is, I feel like the only appropriate response is to say, you sad old man, you're becoming a nerd, whatever happened to you and everything. But I too, <laughs> I love a, love a train set. I love a slow walk. <laughs> What's oh, happened well. to us? I'm sorry. Yeah, you shouldn't listen to the first 10 minutes of the podcast. Listeners. He was right. I'm funny. Be more Ken. Ken Be had a Ken. point. Yeah, channel your inner Ken and just forward to the good stuff. Right, talking of which, let's let's. Yeah. why don't we uh, talk about the interview last week? Because yeah, okay. we didn't really get a chance to no, respond to that. So this was the interview with Olivia Jackson. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend you go and um, listen to that first. Yeah. Otherwise, the next few minutes are going to make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, sure. Uh, but also, it's it's well worth listening to. Um, so this was uh, a woman who, who was um, heavily involved in, I think, what you could only call a sort of charismatic cult in a way. You know, I mean, it was very yeah. extreme. Yes, although no one really thought so at the time. I've got to say. Um, no, if it's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, it is. And is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to it's say who of... I think it... I'm going to say who I think it was and bongo it out, all right? Okay, right. Was it... Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Looking back, you can see the sort of cult-like issues. Yeah. But at the time, yeah, I don't think people would have said that. We would certainly wouldn't have called that organisation. No. No, and we encouraged people to go and join them and we prayed for them and we got them up the front of the church and it was a very noble thing to do. Mm. And then what happens? Well, if you're a girl, you get told you've got the spirit of Jezebel or you're <laughs> a stumbling block to other men on the... Co- I mean, it just... it, You know, as a father of daughters, you know, it. oh, gosh, it churns me up inside. And um and, and and Olivia didn't even mention some of the stories that are in the book that are just horrific, really. Um, but yes, uh, I couldn't believe she was told she had the spirit of Jezebel as well. Yeah, <laughs> she hasn't. <laughs> I feel, I feel sort of slightly, you know, baffled in that sense because it's not something mm. that I've encountered, mm. and um, I've had sort of odd moments of it. And she was talking about the feelings of guilt, but for me, it sounded like no, you escaped. You know, that's a good thing. You shouldn't feel guilty at all. You, no. you It sounds more like escaping a cult than anything else. And it, it did make me think a lot about the abusive behaviour in churches and the way that it, it it's exercised and what she called church exceptionalism and that kind of stuff. That, yeah. That yeah. It's, it's so dangerous. Um, and mm. we've seen that recently, haven't we? You know, the, the, the idea of the untouchable leader, you're not allowed to criticise because yeah. this is the anointed person. Yeah, um, I know. Yes, that untouchable leaders that that really resonated, and and I mean we've been knocking around the church however many years it is now. I don't even want to say how many years it is, and we've certainly heard these stories over and over again. Yeah. These people who are like gods, you know, big celebrities, and one by one they all fall off that stool for one reason or another. But they they for a while controlled a very tight ship, and their word went. Yeah, I, I suppose what I would say about that is it's never just about actual sort of spirituality or prophetic ministry or, mm. or even that. It's it's also because we build these things into industries. Yeah. So exactly the same thing has happened in the film industry, for example, because yeah. people rely on these stars to bring in the big bucks. They're the, mm. back, they're the marquee name. And so mm. yeah, they behave sure. in a certain way and it gets covered up. 
And exactly the same way in various organisations, various big churches, if it all revolves around one person, there's an industry there. There's employment there. And 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 I think that's a terrible thing to 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 have because you've basically you've built all your income around this person. So naturally you're gonna try and cover up stuff because it, it threatens the whole edifice. But the point yeah. is the edifice is wrong. You should never yes, have done exactly. that in the first place. Exactly. The system's bust. Yeah. Yeah, no, true enough. And uh, the deconstruction thing, I noticed you've put a note here about deconstruction. What what were you going to say there? Because I like this. Well, she was talking about deconstruction. You know, I think we need to sort of what, what, think about what that means. So I think it is, what came across as well is, you know, that you end up spending time with, with uh, non-Christians. And it is annoying how many non-Christians can be so well adjusted, I feel. That's really irritating. <laughs> yes, that's right. Nothing worse than happy non-Christians that's... who don't I mean, want to repent of their miserable lives. <laughs> they really, they, they're really undermining the whole system there. They are. Don't they realise? <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I don't think, you know, deconstruction... I, it, I, she expressed some, some reservations, mm. I think, about the term... I think um, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think we need to find a positive way of doing it because yeah. I think it's about leaving. It's about going to a new place, and and yeah. involving leaving the baggage behind and and travelling onwards. Actually, sure. and, yeah. And I I need to reflect on this more. Maybe we'll come back to it. But I think there's something very profound in people's stories about when I hear people's testimonies. Often, it's about leaving a place and. And either returning in a different way or going somewhere else, you know. But you have to keep leaving, and it's something you do throughout your life. So I don't mm. think you just deconstruct once. You I don't think you no. just leave once. You carry on. And that's what we've often reflected on the stages of faith. That quite often they circle round a little bit, and uh, and that's as it should be. I think sometimes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. A- anything else you wanted to say about the interview? Well, no. I mean, you were talking about sort of. You know, trusting yourself as well. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on that because I think that's really important. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I think it's important as well because it seems to me that um, we are sort of trained to not trust ourselves because we're sinful and, you know, we're, we we don't have the truth and we're islands and we need the community to discern the will of God or we need the super controlling leader to discern the will of God, depending on your tradition but it reminded me of something um that uh, john philip newell said in sacred earth sacred soul who we also interviewed when he wrote that book and he said that which is deepest within us is of god and i found that a very helpful phrase and of course i've reflected more and more on this kind of idea of christ in us and um and i think if we truly believe that if we truly believe that that which is deepest within us is of god then surely we can start to trust our deepest instincts i mean yeah mm. you know check them out but it's so horrible the way we're sort of utterly discouraged from trusting ourselves in in the worst cases um yeah that that, that what she's saying there resonated with me Quite yeah, you almost there's almost a sort of an infantilization going on, isn't there? That, that you become, you know, children. You're treated like children, and therefore you you defer to the grown up, or you you don't trust your own judgment. Yes. Yeah, and you think there's something feels wrong here, but it must be me, you know, because they're they're the they're the grown ups, they're the enlightened ones, they know the truth. 
Um, so it's easy from the outside to kind of look at it and go, well, why would you ever stay in that thing? But when you're yes. on the inside, your confidence has probably been so eroded exactly. that you, 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 you can't really question it. No, exactly. And that's why I think so often we actually, you know, when we're really, you know, those times when you're seeking God, you want to know God's will, mm. you want to know, you, know, you want to make a big decision. I think so often if you can, you know, find a bit of silence and solitude, you you actually get in touch with the deepest part of yourself and and you kind of know what to do you just need the guts to go ahead and do it and you know whether you call that your deepest instinct or whether you call that christ it doesn't really matter to me because i think they're one in the same thing but yeah i think it's the most important gift you're given your freedom to act and your your individual will is something that god will will never override you know he's given us that and and yeah you to, to take people's to take that away from people is i think so so wrong mm. um yeah yeah anyway I think so. very good interview thanks ever so much for doing it and yeah. uh we look forward to hearing more from listeners about it that's great yeah we do um okay should we shall we just shall we just run through a few more bits Why of feedback not? i mean i don't know how are we doing for time it's racing on isn't it goodness me mm. right listen always good to hear from Roz from oz and she says, hi, Joe, I really appreciate the podcast. I like the combination of serious matters and the joking. I'm Australian. After all, and knocking things uh, is a national pastime. I'm also enjoying reading about little old churches in Nick's blog and the one sentence <laughs> homilies at the end. Have you been telling me about these so that I can put them on our social media? No, no, you haven't. Um, well, they're on, they're on the blog, and you can link to it, I think, from the website. Oh, it's, oh, it's all about it. me, isn't it? I don't me. want to go on social media, and you know what I think about it. No, but, it. but we we could put... People would... Listeners, would you like to hear, and or rather read, what Nick is writing? Yes, we would. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'll put a link up on our Facebook page so you can, as soon as Nick sends it to me. Yeah. Well, well. that's convinced me. Anyway, Ros went on. I listened to episode 260 several times. I really like the idea of writing it, writing a eulogy. It's hard to change your worldview. For me, it was very much about identity. My experience and observations are that the first two years are especially hard. One thing I've lost is that sense of comfort of having something to trust beyond myself now that I've moved to a more non-interventionist view of God. I've not found anything to substitute for this. I still am a Christian, just a very different sort of one than I was. I'm still digesting the interview with Olivia Jackson. It shouldn't be that leaving is traumatic, but for so many of us, it really is. That's from Roz. Mm. And uh, I have to say, Roz, the theme of losing identity is a very common theme in many of the emails we've been getting recently. That and the sort of loss of certainty, which you alluded to. And then we had this in from Rachel, who says, Dear Nick and Joe, warm greetings and thank you for the podcast, which continues to inspire, entertain and encourage in different ways. I love the balance you strike between the deep and the mundane. And she said, I'll try and keep it pithy. Firstly, on a light note, I love Nick's comments in episode 260 about Trigger's broom. Remember that? I do. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So when thinking about how we are not the same person we were a few years ago, I'd previously been discussing with my son why Trigger's broom is a better metaphor than the ship of Theseus. So it was both (laughs) funny and affirming to hear Nick quote it just a few days later. 
It strikes a chord for me as I often feel that my current self is a very different than my past self. And like Nick was saying about his books, some things we do or say or write capture us at a moment in time. And when we look back now, we can see the distance we have come. It reminds me of that quote, I can't remember for whom, that says something along the lines of, if the me of 10 years ago would, wouldn't think that the current me is heretical, then perhaps I haven't grown. <laughs> what do you <laughs> think? <laughs> and then secondly, she says, always thank you for the interview with Olivia Jackson. It did highlight for me that our stories can be different, but for many of us on the deconstruction path, there will be elements that are similar. And there is a lot of resonance, even if our experiences haven't been exactly the same. Just knowing that there are others walking a similar path can be comforting and help us feel less isolated as we try to work out what our spirituality or faith looks like now. I think the me of 10 years ago might be surprised by the me of now. And yet, as Olivia highlighted, the me of now feels better able to ask questions, to have doubts and to seek to be authentic and the freedom that this brings to simply be myself and to be kind to others. For me personally, there has been a sense of loss. So much of my identity and my life has been with the church. And even though I think I'm now going in the most authentic direction and the way that makes sense to me, at times it still feels very messy and somewhat lonely. I haven't worked out where I'm landing faith-wise, but I'm not worrying about that in the way I would have done previously. I'm just seeking out practices that make sense to me, mostly contemplative style practices at the moment, and seeking to be kind to others and to myself. I think there's a real sense of being heard and being able to put words to our own experiences when we read or hear other people's stories. It's a bit like when we read a poem or a book and we find words that describe how we're feeling. And I wonder if for many of us, the things that you share on the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast and books like Olivia's allow us to put our words to our own experiences and stories and allow us to feel heard and seen. Thank you again for the podcast. It's good to hear your voices and thoughts each week. And I appreciate how vulnerable you are in sharing of yourselves and your lives with us. And that's from Rachel. I read that mostly right, Rachel. Um, sorry, sorry if I stumbled on a few words there, but you get the point. There's this, there's this same thing there, isn't there? This idea that there is a loss of identity, and it's different. But I love that bit. She said, "Look, I'm I'm trying now to just find simple practices, and I'm trying to be kind." And mm. oh my goodness, I know how the me of many years ago would have responded to that, but now that just seems such a sensible thing to do. <laughs> it really does. Well, I think there's a common theme here of of um, loneliness or isolation and and loss of identity and yeah. uh, you know those two things going together. Who am I and who who are my tribe now? Who 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 mm. you know who is with me? Who's my where's my community? Because we draw so much of our identity from that, um, and so I think that can be very very bewildering. Um, it's good to travel with companions if you can, mm. and I know that's not possible for 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 many people, but um you know it's something we often had to try and think about on the podcast is how 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 do we help people come together it's very hard to do really mm. um i suppose we could start a little cult could we not we, yeah, could, we could we could ask people to subscribe and you know give money there is a gap there's a gap in the market because haven't the moonies finished now didn't have they? they i think the moonies have officially disbanded uh maybe yeah. i got that bit of news wrong Someone can fill me in with the correct details. I think there many. Oh, there's a gap in the market for a new cult. You're not thinking of the monkeys because they expanded <laughs> oh, a long time ago. <laughs> no, you're thinking of the Beatles. I think, oh, and yeah. you, you've got stuck there. Okay, well, look, let's finish with this one from Ness. 
She says, uh, hello again, Joe and Nick. Thank you for the podcast. We've been doing a lot of driving up and down the motorways lately, and it's a great way for me to keep up uh, with listening to you both. I love the depth of last week's doctrinal dysfunction. So this was actually a, a couple of weeks ago. Thank you for sharing more about your story, Joe, and the wisdom you both gave about coping with the loss on a mid-faith journey. Loss is something we have had a lot of this year. Close family members, our dog of 13 years, someone mm. to lead our church, and seen a lot of loss around us, especially that most tragic loss of parents losing a child to sudden illness or fatal accident. And of course, it's a struggle to see where God is in all of this. A few episodes ago, you vis revisited your creeds. And I find the essence of a creed helps to ground me when everything else seems a bit wobbly. I also find retreats helpful as a breakaway to get out into nature and revisit what is fundamentally most life-giving. Whilst visiting the Northumbria community in May, I came across the work of Mary Fleeson. Have you come across that, Nick? Uh, there? No. In, no, in, no oh, oh, it's, it's lovely. Her, her art's all, all around Lindisfarne and everything. Anyway, uh, yeah. Mary Fleeson, who creates the most wonderful artwork, books and reflective journals in the scriptorium on Lindisfarne. This poem from her book Life Journey really resonated with me as a kind of creed in itself. For me, it's about turning my focus back onto the character of Jesus and the reminder of how, in spite of the pain of human suffering, I'm precious to him, that though times are tough, I can still rely on his resource and the wisdom of others to enable the simple practice of love. And, uh, well, before we I read that poem um, from, from her, I thought maybe it'd be good just to round things off in that professional way that you do so well. Oh, OK. Um, well, I was just, funnily enough, I was just reflecting, actually. I think the word creed, its root is to do with something like a, a peg in the ground or a stick in the ground to hold you firm as a kind of post, really. Mm. So that is kind of really what Ness is, uh, is talking about. So I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, so round it off. Well, I will do mm. as I'm told. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast. We really are grateful for that. And uh, it allows us to spend time on it we do spend time on it remarkably you might wish we spent more or even less i don't know but anyway the point is um it's we're very grateful um both joe and i are self-employed to some extent so that's very helpful for yeah. us if you would love to support the podcast yeah. and we understand this is a difficult time for most people but if you'd like to support the podcast you can do so by visiting the website mm. um, and if, if there's other ways you want to support to get in touch with joe at uh, yeah, Joe at midfaithcrisis.org and a, a special plea to Ken if you'd like to give to the podcast <laughs> regularly or a one-off donation uh, that'd be great otherwise we'll make the opening longer and uh, yeah uh, no no we're very grateful for that we're grateful people support us very grateful to everyone who, who writes in such yeah. good emails um, so helpful um, even that, and we're very grateful to people who criticise as well because that helps us uh, refine what we're doing and um, yeah if you'd like to recommend the podcast to others that's that's great as well so thank you very much for listening we'll be back with you next week and Joe you're going to end with this uh, this call to follow I believe thank you that was great well done very professional good thank you okay. so much no, that's good stuff. OK, a call to follow. I follow Jesus, who is man, human, whole, impartial, passionate, curious, and yet also God incarnate, creative and created to walk beside us. I follow the shepherd like a lamb trusting, comforted, safe, held in a strength beyond my own, knowing I am sought, special, precious and enabled to be. I follow the saints, 
those who followed him before, those who died to self for him. I learn from their lives, sacrifice and wisdom. God-given, I follow because I am called, desired, loved and cherished by my Creator, my Saviour. Asked only to love in return. Love others and be loved. <laughs>